Hey everyone, before we get started, I just want to talk about our sponsor, Anchor. Anchor simply is the perfect place to go if you're trying to start a podcast. First off, free, that's great, but there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Super easy to use, super intuitive, Uh, and then once you have that edited, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many more places uh, where you listen to podcasts. And when they're distributed, you can start making money from your podcast right away. No minimum listenership. Start getting that anchor money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one spot. So what are you waiting for? Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm right now to get started. Now, the Schooner Pod. To the Schooner Pod Big 12 Football Preview. Uh, I'm your host, Bobby Howard. With me today, we've got Jameson Maxwell, Ty Lee. And before we get to uh, more of the Big 12 talk, let's talk a little bit about some news that just happened with OU football. Um, pretty big injury with Trey Norwood going down, it looks like, Jameson. Yeah, it's knee injury. Uh, it's probably looking like ACL out for the season. Nothing right now as of this recording, anything official. But whenever someone goes down with a knee injury and rumblings of out for the season, it's most likely an ACL. And there's a pretty simple on-the-field like test you can do to see if the ACL is there or not by hearing a little click when you move your leg up and down. It's, I don't know. It's pretty cool. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. That's just, that's just my stuff. That's just my stuff. I like it. I like not it. a med student. And, uh, but, yeah, it's, it's going to be a big impact for our team. We're going to have um, – more of a battle with the young guys, but more um, maybe clarity of who our starters are going to be going into it with Parnell Motley kind of shifting into that second corner spot and Buki in the nickel. Ty, Ty, Ty you got any thoughts on that? Particularly no, Buki. I mean, I, I got most of my injury updates on Trey Norwood from Jameson about four seconds ago. So, uh... Yeah, that's that's unfortunate because you know he's one of the bigger names that you hear on our number one hundredth ranked defense that we have, which is nice. But one twenty nine pass defense, and they've been doing it. The workout reps adding up to that. Do you see that with Benny Wiley? Benny Wiley yeah. makes the defense, the pass defense specifically, do reps adding up to one hundred twenty nine, the worst seed in college football. Jeez. Just to ingrain it into their head. I love over it. And over. I love it. I love it. Well, um, now he's broken one of them. So. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's that is the thing, though. Is look, I know our secondary isn't great, but anytime you lose lose depth on an already thin secondary, that's awful. Plus, Norwood's definitely one of those guys who of 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 the secondary is one of the best. Uh, I heard this stat somewhere. I can't remember. So sorry for not crediting you, but. Um, he, I believe, Pro Football Focus ranked him as one of the best secondary uh, players on third down, uh, which is crazy because we're terrible on that. It's especially with the Mike Stoops stats in there yeah. with how much of an eight-yard cushion <laughs> we probably gave him every single time. But yeah, the thing about Trey Norwood is just he was solid. He had some things that you could argue about, but he didn't upset you like many of the other players. He, he got the job done. And you didn't hear much about him. And that was really good from, coming from an OU defender. So will this hurt us? It might. But like as Ty was saying before the pod, this might open up new doors to younger guys. And we've been hearing some good things like Jaden Davis out of St. Thomas Aquinas coming in as this new class. 
that's doing really well in camp. Miguel Edwards in the last um, class, so he's going to be a sophomore. He's doing really well. Um, maybe someone will step up, take that position, and become better. Because Trey Norwood was a part of the 129th ranked defense. Maybe we're just using them because we don't know any better. Yeah, that's true. That's I, true. I, I feel like you can always get a guy who comes out of nowhere. That happens. I mean, that ha- that happens a lot. And mm-hmm. you know, and on a on a defense that wasn't good, and having a lot of newcomers, maybe that's a good thing. So, um, yeah, and freshman DBs always do well at OU, and then just gradually get worse. So you gotta <laughs> play freshman while you can. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I I think it. I like to look on the bright side. I think there definitely is some potential to get some some good experience and some good reps into some younger players. Uh, because as, as Jameson alluded to and as I was discussing before we started recording, I don't think anyone thinks that this next year is going to be super special for OU. I think we all expect to win the Big 12 and maybe do decent in a bowl. But these next couple years, when you really look at our, our roster – and our coaching staff and everything else, things are really lining up to potentially be something special for OU. So hopefully this is able to turn into a positive down the road. Yeah, for sure, for sure. The that's a, that's that's a good point. So, all right, uh, any uh, news you want to get in before we dive into our rankings? That's really the big thing. It's just been with training camp starting up, you're just getting a lot of news of guys doing well and guys, and it's always going to be positive stuff. So it's how much you can you really take from it. What you'll really learn of who's doing well is who's going to be on that depth chart coming out right before the first game. Yeah, yeah, and I think our season opener this year, more than other years, is really going to be a true test of the team. Having that Houston team, even though it's at home, uh, they are a tougher team than we usually play for the season opener. So I think it's going to be a little bit better indication of just how the season is going to go in terms of who is able to succeed because they're they're not a team that's on our level but their athletes aren't that far behind ours in a lot of respects so i'm excited for for that september 1st i feel like the best way to ensure that ou does well game one is to hype up houston like they're going to beat us like we did with fau last year we, we we whiffed on that fau thing first podcast we're like Better watch out for oh for the goodness. for FAU. Yeah, they, they the, the two the two things we said is that FA was going to be good, and that um oh uh, that that uh, Robinson kid wasn't going to start, and yeah. then both of those things did not happen. Like no way, Chris Robinson starts. Whenever. He's going to have too much of a chip on his shoulder and everything. But when we realize Lane Kiffin is Lane the coach, Kiffin, yeah. everything <laughs> is possible. So that's where you can really tell the difference between Lincoln Riley and Lane Kiffin right hey there. Hey, man, Lane's going to lane. All right, so let's dive in. We're going with our top ten. Um, uh, there are only ten teams. Why is there a t- it's, it, They're all top ten. Uh, we're going to rank the Big 12, all ten of them, uh, starting out at the bottom. So, Ty, who do you got uh, finishing last in the Big 12? Who do I have finishing last, or who is who my you, preseason number 10? Who, who is your preseason last okay. in the Big 12? My preseason number 10, we're going to start out. This isn't that spicy, but I'm going with Kansas State. A lot of people are going to have Kansas. That's not true. They're going to win four games. The bottom preseason is Kansas State. Okay. Oh. All right, I'm going to pick Kansas, <laughs> and even though they might do two or three games... Uh... That's still ain't enough. Uh, there's not much to say here other than uh, 
Les Miles, I really think, is kind of out of it, to be honest. Every like, like listening to his like like how he spoke, it's like this is not the Les Miles that we know. It's going to be a completely different thing. I think it's just going to be a fluke of a coach. Um, why it may help with recruiting, um, they just got a four-star linebacker in their most recent class right now that, that he just got committed. That might help there, but on-field production, I, I'm just not buying into Les Miles. He's a different man. See, look, I think Les was always a little kind of off um and i i hate to i hate to be the one that puts it two of three but i i'm going kansas state with my last yes mainly because i'm so partially maybe because i'm overcorrecting from last year when i had him like third in the conference uh. but i i feel like the loss of bill snyder um i i don't like skylar thompson at all i feel like that team just isn't going to be the same um, so give, I, I think it's going to come down to the Sunshine State game. It's going to be K-State, Kansas. I think Kansas somehow pulls it off. I, I thought it was going to be a little more unique here, but, well, there we go. Ty, Ty outdid my, even my best expectations. So give, give, me, give me Puka Williams in Kansas uh, to not be last. That's, that's, that's really surprising. Um yeah, I'm trying to figure out that there was a running back that um, K State just lost, and I think he—I um, don't think he got—he might have gotten drafted. I can't fi- find out his name, uh, but he—he's going to be the biggest loss for K State and why they would do poorly. Um, it's not because they lost Delton to transfer to TCU. It's there—that's that. K State was the most frustrating team last year. Absolutely, like that. I w- I refuse to get this, <laughs> like, to pick them at all. And then whenever they started winning against the spread, I started picking them. And I kept flip-flop, 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 never won. So I don't like them. But not as much to put them at 10. I I did put them at 9, though. I think the loss of Bill Snyder is a little bit bigger than a lot of people attribute it to. I, I think that he really was a really good coach. And I think that he constantly has dealt with second and third tier athletes against all stars and he just kind of gave it his best for as long as he did but I think that his loss is really going to be the big thing that's not really yeah. a hot take at all yeah. no no Alex, Bar- <laughs> Alex Barnes was the running back's name and then yeah, they also good. lost Dalton Reisner who was the best offensive lineman in the Big 12 even though OU had four draft picks for offensive linemen yeah and, and honestly I just Look, I, I think he's. I think I love the hire long term, but I think first year their first, first year head coach, the North Dakota State guy, wish I had his name up. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I think it's going to be a bit of a transition because um, important note for some people out there: you can't just go from North Dakota State and be good in the Big Twelve. <laughs> <clears throat> just some people need to hear that, I guess. Anyways, let's move on to number nine. Uh, I got Kansas. Um, the, the, the buck stops stops there with nine. It's probably a hype pick, I know. I, I just have a feeling that Les is going to win some wild game that makes no sense and then beat K-State. Uh, games in Lawrence, I know that that doesn't matter, but, you know, hey, maybe those three Jayhawk fans over the one Kansas State fan might be the one to flip it. Um, but, yeah, I think Puka Williams improves this year. I think he's a very good – I think he's a solid player. Off the court or off the field stuff, not great, obviously, but uh, <laughs> I think he's good. I think he's going to be a good player for him this year. I agree with Bobby here. Obviously, I wasn't going to put Kansas any higher than 
my preseason nine. I, I really think that with college athletes and at the level that Kansas State and Kansas are both at, the hype around Les Miles and the hype that he's created there, I think it's all delusional. But I think it does, to some extent, help. And in my opinion, it's going to put them as at least the best team in their state. Yeah. And Which I ca- isn't saying a lot. And I think Les gives them like a mental thing where they're like, oh, we're not a bunch of losers. Les Miles picked us. He's in the Dr. Pepper commercial. So we must, we must be good. But that's obviously <laughs> false thinking. Jameson, who's your number nine? Yeah, I got K-State. Uh, it's going to be tough. I don't think they're going to be 10. But uh, honestly, it might be a toss-up. I was really kind of wavering. This is The number nine was almost the hardest pick for me because I'm really low on West Virginia. I'm really low. With three safeties leaving from the transfer portal, I'm just sorry. Austin Kendall, I've never been too impressed with you, and that's your one shining part of your whole team going into the year. So I, I said K-State at nine just because there's really not much good to say. At least with West Virginia, some people have some optimism, but with eight, yeah, that's West Virginia for me. Okay. I agree with, with Jamison here. West Virginia is my eight. Losing um, Dana, I think, is going to affect them. He was a mediocre coach, obviously, at the level that he was at. But I think he was a good coach for the team and the role that West Virginia has kind of played these past couple years as a quality opponent to have on your schedule and a bit of a threat. And honestly, really, really fun games. Those have been some of my favorite games to watch the past couple of years have been the OU West Virginia's. Um, and I'm pretty big on trying to create hype for West Virginia being a sort of rival for OU just because of how chippy the games are. But then you look at West Virginia, and that's just kind of how they are with pretty much everyone. Um, but yeah, West Virginia is my eight. I have never believed in in Austin Kendall. I think I tweeted about it probably about 50 times and got maybe three favorites combined, but I tried to trend hashtag anyone but Austin Kendall, um, which shows you my faith in, in Austin Kendall. So, I yeah, I'm just not really high on them. they got to travel so much. They lost their coach. Uh, they lost, you know, those defensive players like Jameson said. And they lost – Really, their quarterback. They had a, a decent quarterback in the quarterback that they had. Yeah. So, um, yeah, West Virginia is my eight. They lost both of their wide receivers, too. Yeah, Sills. Like and Jennings and Sills. Yeah, yeah. Those, yeah, those two were studs. And I think they might have even lost a third wide receiver. Um, I don't know if the guy that was crying on the sidelines in the OU game is still there. I'm figuring he's still there. You remember when they would not put the camera on? Oh, yeah, off yeah, 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 yeah. It was yeah. miserable. Oh, but, yeah. But other than that, I mean, it's just the bottom three of the yeah. Big Twelve is going to be up. And it's it's, they it's also unfortunate. Lost too. Yeah. yeah, it is unfortunate because I am a really big. I have a really good friend that goes to West Virginia now, and I'm a really big sort of West Virginia. Not really fan, but I love to see him doing good because I don't know. I just love the way they play and their chippiness and their passion, at least in the past. And it has always been a good game, the West Virginia and, and OU sort of series that has occurred obviously because OU pretty much always wins it yeah uh but yeah I I'm really big on West Virginia and it's really sad to see them drop off this much so I really hope that they 
can recover because I enjoyed the role that they played in the Big 12 of a top four team that really could beat anyone in the top four. Yeah. There were some times where West Virginia definitely could have beat us. So I uh, I hope that they uh, recover, but yeah, not this year. And, and look, just like Jamison was struggling with picking um, his number nine, I struggled between seven and eight as well. Uh, I got West Virginia at eight. Uh, honestly, I was still flip-flopping to this moment. Uh, I think the biggest thing is... West Virginia just, I mean, they're going through a lot of changes, and the big, and I mean that roster is devastated. So the other, the other team I'm picking between definitely has a has a, has a quarterback returning. So that's a plus. Um, we'll get to that at, at seven. But I, I think Austin Kendall, and I think this head coach. I'm just gonna say this. I think they're kind of weird enough. Uh, I can, again, can't remember the guy's name. Neil Brown. From yeah, Troy. Neil Brown at Troy had a lot of success. You know, kind of sneaking up on uh, guys like LSU that had a couple big wins in situations you don't think. I'm just saying, I think West Virginia is not going to be a good team, but circle that OU-West Virginia game as one of those weird moments where, you know, this team could be awful and then give OU, you know, struggles. Kansas did it last year, for God's sake. But I, I don't know. I have a weird feeling about West Virginia getting one major upset uh, and then, you know, beating both Kansas teams. That's probably it. Uh, let's move on to number seven. Yeah. Um, that team that I was flip between, flipping between was Texas Tech. Uh, and and I, 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 honestly, I'm concerned about Bowman's health. Your la- if your lungs collapse, collapse twice in a season, <laughs> I mean, I, I, you got to be a little worried about a, about a standpoint. But I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. Healthy Allen Bowman, that's a seven team. Uh, the system's going to be a, tough to adjust, but that's a, that's a sneakily good defense that can win some ball games. Here's, here's how I look some. at it. I have Texas Tech also at my seven. Did I put them there because I'm looking at a Sooner Sports article <laughs> that has them at seven? Partially, yes, but as I was about to talk, I came up with... Are you just copying the Big 12 media, Paul? No, Okay, cool. I have some... He did. He picked K-State last. That's a good point. That's a good point. I pulled this up for reference, and I have some some different ones in the future. But, damn it. (laughs) Who is their coach's name? Matt Wells. Wells. No, no, no. The one that somehow got hired in the NFL. Cliff Kingsbury. Kingsbury (laughs) At Texas Tech, had a perfect... I don't know if it's still... It's pretty damn near, if not perfect... He won 50% of the games, lost 50% of the games. Perfectly balanced. At Texas Tech, there are 10 teams in the Big 12. He should be number five if he's still at Tech. I'm doing motions with my hands for the listeners (laughs) at home. Uh, But Texas Tech with Kingsbury should be five. They've lost Kingsbury. Now they're at seven. Math. (laughs) There you go. Quick maps. Yeah, Texas Tech is probably the easy pick here. Um, I think it'll be a really close tie uh, between them and Baylor. Uh, but there, I, I feel like the Big 12 kind of has tiers. Um, this bottom three is the one little tier of just bad. I think it's going to be real. They're going to cannibalize each other. I think Kansas might even sneak a win out of one of the two. Obviously, they'd have to. Yeah. Um, if you all think he's not going to be 10. Uh, Texas Tech, I really like Matt Wells. The way he composed himself at media day seems like he's really got a really good head on his shoulders. And Utah State, I mean, I mean they've, they've been good. And he's been a good coach, and I respect it. And I'm big on Alan Bowman because there, I don't think there's any kind of risk of him 
like having yeah. another collapsed lung this year. I mean, I feel like he's had plenty of time to recover from it. They just probably just rushed him back a little too soon. Um, and they got always got a good wide receiver every year. TJ Vasher, a guy that we heard his name plenty of times in the OU Texas Tech game, um, is going to do really well. He's another tall wide. I think he's like six six. Um, that connection right there is going to be great. And Bowman produced last year to where we know his name and played really well. He was only a freshman, and he was hurt the whole time. So let's see a healthy Bowman this year and how well he does. That's why I think that Texas Tech is in a tier above the Bay. I mean, the West Virginia, the Kansas, and the Kansas State. I just don't. Yeah, I guess I. I don't think they're a tier above West Virginia, but I think that they're a tier above this state of Kansas. Really, the key for Texas Tech is when when they have the defense out on the field, they really need to to take Bowman in. And kind of just lay him down and, and watch for uneven rise and fall in the chest. And if you get that, then what you're going to need to do is you're going to need a 14-gauge needle and catheter, and you're going to need to look for that 13th intercostal space. Or not 13th, God, no. Uh, that third intercostal <laughs> space. And uh, insert that needle to relieve that tension pneumothorax. What you can also do is take his hand and uh, thumb up, place it in his armpit, and, and kind of right there at the bottom of the hand, you'll, you're going to find an intercostal space and insert that needle at a 90-degree angle as well, uh, which would be useful if he has his pads on. Uh, you can't really access the third intercostal space from the front of the chest, um, which you would do kind of right below the nipple line. Uh, but yeah, get his hand in his armpit and plug it in that intercostal space and kind of relieve that tension pneumothorax. How about you just give him a good old chest tube? What, what just That's happened? What <laughs> just put it all the way right down. Yeah, um, yeah, or you can just... They just stick it down their throat. Or they can work yeah, on yeah, some yeah. sort of iron lung system that is in like a trailer that is towed behind him on the field. He's not really a running quarterback, so you can't tackle. You'd be like the uh, that one uh, character from like backyard football who's in the wheelchair. Can't tackle a wheelchair, kid. Can't tackle a wheelchair. So I don't know. Just a, just an iron lung, just moving down the field. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, let's move on to number six. It's interesting. I thought that you guys put. Um, Kind of, kind of had a West Virginia in this in this middle in a middle pod, kind of with the the slog of the Big Twelve. I kind of think that West Virginia Tech are going to be a bit below, uh, and at the bottom of what I think is going to be the middle uh, middle slog. Honestly, they could be this team could easily be fourth. Uh, give me Baylor. Uh, I think Charlie Brewer is a really good player. I think the team's way overhyped. I've heard a lot of people talking about them possibly in the Big Twelve champion. Pardon me, Big oh, Twelve Championship. Yes. I think that's ridiculous. Um, who was this booger? Who was? Who? <laughs> I think it was on the franchise. I don't know who it was. Oh, yeah. I Did know. you check was, the date of the article though? I was listening to it. Are you I sure heard that it's a 2019. Oh yeah, I, I made no sense. I guess. I guess it's. It's, it's just I like easy. rule too, but like, it's easy because you've been hearing Charlie Brewer's name for so long that you can say, oh yeah, they're de- they're due. You know, but they just lost Jalen Hurd in just the yeah. NFL. And that dude was an animal. He's a four or five star transfer from Tennessee and completely just dominated that whole offense for um, Baylor Bears. And with him leaving, they're going to have a lot to replace. Our boy Denzel Mims, a famous uh, schooner blog participator. Uh, not participator. Uh, famous, <laughs> I wish. Uh, Miss Well, we... Uh, the very first one, I believe. Well, yes, yeah. yes. I called him Chris Mims. Chris uh, Mims. Former NBA uh, center. <laughs> Mimsy. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
Yeah, but I mean, they got returners there. Um, it's just just because you've heard the names for a while doesn't make them anything. But yeah, I, I still think that they'll do good. I think they'll make a bowl. But yeah, and the thing is, I think their schedule sets up a little difficult for them. Uh, they're, they they have to play at TCU, at OSU, both teams who I think they'll be jockeying for position. And then a lot, all of their home games are uh, OU, Iowa State, Texas. And I don't expect them to win all of those. But if they can win... That's probably the worst home schedule in the Big 12. Yeah. It, usually you want good teams at home. I, they're in, they're just in the middle of the road, though. So if they can win two out of, two out of the three uh, at home against OU, Texas, or Iowa State, which I don't think they can... Uh, then they'll probably float to the top, uh, maybe even, probably third. But I just I don't I don't see I don't see anything from that team just yet. I think I think the hype is uh, really the reason why people have them there. Uh, yeah, I I agree with with y'all that the six through four teams in the Big Twelve is really where I would say this is a solid group, and you could really make an argument to change really a lot of these arounds and there's a lot of uncertainty. I think the top of the Big 12 is pretty well defined and I think the the bottom, there's a couple different groups like I talked about, but I'm going to go with Baylor at uh, at 6 as well. I wanted to put Oklahoma State there, just kind of out of spite, but um, <laughs> I just I don't believe in Baylor. I, I haven't seen anything from them. I think they're returning to their perpetual state of, of Baylor. Um, <laughs> although I heard they have a Whole Foods coming. <laughs> um, but, Still waiting uh, on that Whole that's Foods. That's not true. That's a lie that Baylor tried to... Because Whole Foods gets college football recruits, I guess. Um, they love quinoa, man. Yeah, but I just don't... I don't see anything special out of Baylor. But like I said, and, and I'll talk about it when I get to my, my five and my four... I really think that an argument can be made that the six through four teams, I just have to look at my phone to, to come up with basic numbers, um, <laughs> that the six through four teams are fairly evenly matched. And they may not turn out to be, but in the preseason, I think those teams are the hardest to say this is you know a, a realistic idea of what they would do. Yeah. So that's my thoughts. Yeah, definitely. Um Jameson, who do you got at fifth? I think it's TCU. Like, uh, I'm not that big of a fan of Alex Delton as a complete quarterback with him transferring into TCU. I don't think he's the guy that can take them over Oklahoma State, who's riding close to them. And then, if you want to not do Alex Delton, you got Justin Rogers as the drop foot condition, can barely even walk. <laughs> that Blake is convinced that they'll make That's it an the... advantage. Hey, that's Cheese and Bowl hero, Justin Rogers, to you, Jameson. Cheese and Bowl hero. That was the most entertaining bowl because of people like him and that left handed five um, year quarterback. Oh, man. The, 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 real, the real Cheese and Bowl hero was the vice president of communications who fell on the field and got him the 15 yard penalty to return. Back. Also, I think the the hero was also we ain't got no knees, cheese. Yeah. <laughs> the, the commercial you heard fifty times. Oh yeah, I'm the, telling you, that was the best game to watch. It was so entertaining. It was, but big. but yeah, TCU. We, we could always say, oh, down year, up year, down year, up year. They kind of alternate like that. This isn't baseball. Football's consistent, and if you're gonna think that they're due just because of some kind of 
weird trend. Old Gary. That, yeah, that doesn't that doesn't make any sense. Uh, I just this TCU team just isn't popping off the page to me. I don't like their weapons. Uh, Jalen Rager is about it, but I mean, did he really do well that last last year? Last year it was just because he was a well known name. He didn't really like blow up and do really well. He just did good. So I mean, I'm really I I, I believe more in Oklahoma State and Gundy than um, Gary Patterson and TCU this year. Yeah, and that, that's the thing about Rager is he really hasn't lived up to his expectations yet. He's shown he's shown flashes of it, but if you think about the Big Twelve receivers last year, where would you rank him? He'd be so he would be behind both of OU's guys, behind both of Texas's guys. By both of, both of um, West, Virginia. West Virginia's guys, Oklahoma State. obviously behind Taiwan, Taiwan Wallace, maybe even um, what's Antoine it? Wesley of Antoine, Texas yeah, Tech. Antoine Wesley of better Tech. than him too. So uh, I, I, think, I mean, he, yeah. he he has that potential, and I think he I think it'll show uh, shades of it. I have him at fifth, but where I really see the elevate <laughs> the potential for them to elevate and call me crazy, I'm a believer in Alex Dalton. He was a reason why I had Kansas State so high last year. Uh, obviously, was and awful. That works so well. <laughs> you know what? Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Fool me three times, can't be fooled again. But Alex Delton, I think he has. If you, it's not how the saying goes. I no, think I, that's, I think that's it's just a, a fool. The saying is, fool me three times. No. Was it load, no, the, no, load Bobby, the chopper, let it rain. I'm, no, I'm, I'm, try, I'm trying. To, I'm trying to do the George Bush version. I don't do the Jay Cole George Bush version. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. Anyways, so I think Dalton has this really. He and look, I think a lot of this just has to do with the 2017 uh, OU Kansas State game where I saw him run and throw all over oh, poor no. defense. Uh, I I see him if he plays at his best, he could be like a suit like. He could be the Miller Lite version of uh, of Trevon Boykin. It's like Trevon Boykin with cornstarch. Exactly. Miller Lite or the Miller High Life version? Oh well, it would be like Trevon Boykin would be like the Miller Lite version. This would be like the, the okay. Delton's the Miller Lite version, and then you have like Boykin, who is like a nice uh, Belgian triple from a little monastery. Some old monk made it. You know, like. Wow. You really think Delta. highly of Trayvon Boykin? Well, I'm just saying that's no, no, no. that's that's just, that's peak this Trayvon is, Boykin. That's I'm not saying that Boykin. This, is these that. are only TCU beers. We're not, this, this yeah. is okay. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These are only or, TCU. Where's Andy TCU Dalton? beers are and, like normal beers, oh. except they wear Oakleys and Andy Dalton would. Ju- oh man, that's a good point. Andy Dalton. Well, he's on a different level because he's a different like style of quarterback. So is Andy Dalton not a beer? Andy Dalton. Well, he's a different. He's a different type I've of liquor. Andy Dalton, Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton is a bourbon. He is like a nice, a nice, good aged bourbon. While where, let's say, um, oh, I'm trying. Uh, I guess a similar. Sean style. Robinson. Yeah, Sean Robinson would be uh, Kentucky Deluxe. Okay. Kind of. Yeah, that's. I, yeah, because it's like a nice old style quarterback. You know, very classic. You can, he has a he has a drop set you can set your watch to that type of quarterback. That's that's what I see Dalton as. Okay. I don't know if that made any sense. And this is your Big Twelve preview. This is Bobby. yeah. This if you're is, confused. <laughs> I'm sitting here right next to him, and I have no idea what's going on. Basically, what I'm saying is, I think if he's, I think he has that style to be similar to Boykin. Just I clearly will never reach that ceiling. But if he can even be like seventy five percent of what Boykin was, they'll be very good. 
And I'm talking, obviously talking 2014 Boykin. Pre-punching, so, pre-punching a bike cop, of course. For my number five, you have to ask yourself, do you put more stake in Boaten Blake Crowley's five quarterback system <laughs> which I think is technically four and a half because one of them lacks basic human mobility um, and the other four lack the ability to be a starting quarterback <laughs> in college football um, versus Mike Gundy who is now 50 something because that's an important fact and is a man uh, which when he said it originally was a funny joke now in 2019 important clarification um and his mullet. So, I gotta go with TCU at five. I don't believe in five different people that can't be starting quarterbacks. Um, <laughs> sorry, Blake. But, uh, I think that it's it's really, and this is like I talked about with six through four, you can make an argument that they're all kind of interchangeable, but I believe in Mike Gundy and Oklahoma State just being a little bit better this year. Yeah, because so. they have a yeah. they only they have two quarterbacks while TCU has five. Yeah, exactly. That, that's the big thing there. And that's only two darts they, they, they can throw can, out the board though. That's <laughs> only two darts. <laughs> darn, darn Blake got us again. <laughs> Shoot. Simple math. <laughs> but yeah, I think Oklahoma State is definitely number four then if this is our um the direction we're going. Yeah we, I think we all have OSU at yes. four, right? So yes. let's just talk them. But yeah Spencer Sanders or Drew Brown. I think either of them, once they get plugged in, they'll do well. Oklahoma State quarterbacks do well, even if you're not talented. Corn, yeah. Corndog. Um, <laughs> like, Corndog, like... He had more passing touchdowns than Ellinger. Yeah, he, he actually, he produces. Like, Gundy produces good offense, and he'll produce a mediocre Big 12 team at the worst. Yeah. I said last year that Oklahoma State was going to be one of the more disappointing teams in Big 12. And they were disappointing, but they were still good enough to do, like, Respectable, you know, and I think they'll have a definitely a one up this year. Even if they don't have a good quarterback, I'm huge on Chuba Hubbard. I think yes, Chuba Hubbard yes. is going to be a breakout star um, in Big Twelve, and he's already broken out. Is the thing I think he's just going to be yeah. that good. I think he's going to be the best running back in the Big Twelve. Yeah, and he's definitely going to get a lot of carries um, with their running back room slimming down and with their quarterback big question. And Tylen Wallace on the outside is going to be a huge threat. To where the running yeah. game will be a very big weapon for Oklahoma State. Yeah. And plus they got good defenders on the other side. AJ Green's one of the best defensive backs in, in the Big Twelve as well. Um, and you need good defensive backs in this conference. I think I think Oklahoma State will be a good four, and I'm pretty confident on them being on that top end of that second the, pack. The I, big key with college sports is college football especially has when you look at all 129 teams there is not parity in the athletes. The the better to this is the reason why you never really get Cinderella stories in D one college football is the athletes at the good schools are just so much better than the athletes at the other schools, just in overall athletic ability, that it is very, very difficult. And I think that Oklahoma State's athletes, because they always recruit well. Um, shout out to, to T. Boone Pickens. Uh, I'm sure there's some scandal there, but they because <laughs> uh, they recruit better than they should for their record. But um, 
unless you're Central Michigan, and then you can beat them. But of course, yeah, I, I think their athletes make a big difference as well when you look at that sort of middle tier of the Big Twelve. Definitely, and I think the thing that sets them apart from TCU and Baylor because I do think it's close. And um, one of the things that is a huge question mark is is our quarterback going to be good? Honestly, either are going to be better than Corn Dog, I think. Um, but what sets them apart is Tylon Wallace, Chuba Hubbard. I think. I mean, I think they have as a very stacked, uh, very stacked offense. I I really do agree with you though on Hubbard. I think he about halfway through the season probably surpassed Justice Hill. At least at least for that season, Hill was hurt a little bit. But Hubbard, I mean. I was Justice very Hill was getting like eight carries in the game. It was super and, weird. And like, we were like, what's happening to this guy that they've been hyping up so well? If Justice Hill can do really well in the system and was that much hyped up and then Chuba Hubbard took him midseason, wait till Chuba Hubbard has the keys to this offense and can do it all himself without Justice yeah. Hill's monkey, the monkey on his back of Justice Hill. Definitely. I mean, and then you got, obviously, Tylon Wallace, who should have won the Bolitnikoff last year. I think he's a favorite to win it this year, potentially. Uh, you also have that one uh, slot receiver white guy that I can't remember his name. Stoner. Stoner, yeah. Dylan Stoner. I kept wanting to say... <laughs> I kept wanting to say uh, D- David Sills, but it's clearly not. They're just West Virginia they're, they're, guy. I know, I know. They're probably just a clo- like a distant cousin. Or I was going to say Julian Edelman's. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. He plays that. <laughs> Honestly, it makes no sense how that guy is in at Texas Tech. He fits that role perfectly. It's just, it's just Hunter Renfro is what it really yeah. is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the Renfro role without right? infinite eligibility. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so I, I think Oklahoma State's. They just have a better arsenal. Yeah, we don't know what's going to happen with the quarterback, but I think any of them is an upgrade over Corn Dog. I think if you sent, if you sent Spencer Sanders out there last year, they probably beat Kansas State and Texas and TCU at least, and that's a way better yeah. team. I think there's a reason why when you look at Oklahoma State, they they constantly produce those offensive stars. At least for them, they're not winning Heisman's, but for Oklahoma State, they're stars. Uh, and it's kind of like OU. They just have an excellent offensive system. And whoever you plug in there, as long as they're a decent athlete, is going to excel. So I think that, that OSU has that to lean on a little bit as well. So Yeah. Now let's move on to number three. I think this one, we put kind of chalk you know, on the same page here. But I think number three might might get a little... I, I don't know what you guys are thinking. I think this is going to divide people. I, I, uh, think, I don't think so. I think I, we're all going to agree. I would hope it's Iowa State. Yeah. It's Texas. I have Texas at three. Um, I Look, I, I know I we'll, – we'll get to Iowa State, obviously, with you guys talking about them. And, and we'll talk about Texas at two. Um, I think Iowa State, like, even, even though they've lost some big pieces, I think that defense is – incredible. I think Matt Campbell is incredible, and I think Brock Purdy finally gives them some stability at that quarterback position to probably cover up for some stuff. Um, Wait, so Iowa State is your three? Iowa State's my two. Iowa State's my two. I was so, just going to talk about, because you guys were about to talk Iowa State. So, I was just throwing my Iowa State thing out there. I don't know if that makes any sense. I think he. I think I have a, trying plus, to convince himself. What, what they play Texas and a, they play Texas and Ames. Oh That's God. the difference maker. That's what puts Iowa State at two. It's Ames. Um, so yeah, yeah my, my number three is spooky. My number three is Texas. Ames is spooky. It got West Virginia. It's gotten Texas. It, it, it or not not Texas Oklahoma State. It gets people sometimes, especially a night game. Got all those people drunk off uh, you know that that chili and beer. I'm, I don't know. So Texas is my third. Yeah, um, 
Iowa State's got a really, really good defense. You hit on it. Like, a big start returning a class with seniors and Ray Lima, Jaquan Bailey, uh, Marcel Spears Jr. I'm reading this as a list, but I, I'm convinced <laughs> that I watched them last year and they were good and I recognize these names. Greg Easworth. Um, you recognize those names, especially I've, I heard Ray Lima's name a lot last year on the D-line. They've got returners on defense. And when you're picking between Texas and Iowa State, you're picking between the big names on defense versus the big names on offense. What and big offensive names does Texas have? Just I'm, well, well, <laughs> uh, what what big I'll names? Give, I'll give Colin. What Johnson big names that actual stats back up does Texas have? Because they have some big names. They've got one of the best offensive linemen, if not the best, okay, in Zach Shackelford. Ellinger. What a name! Is, yeah, Ellinger's. Preseason Big Twelve Player of the Year, uh, but yeah, I think I think Iowa State's gonna have a very good year. I think that there is a chance that the, they could be overhyped and not do as well, um, because that's just what happens with high expectations. And Iowa State has not been a team with high expectations ever, so we'll see how they handle that going forward. I think they have the talent, but let's see if they're ready for the spotlight. Um, but other than that, yeah, they've got all the pieces. I but I think. Losing Montgomery is going to be a really big thorn in their side. I think he is a very good player, and I think people who play fantasy football are going to be very happy with him this year on the Bears. Um, he's in a very good situation. You're going to people are going to realize how big it is Iowa State doesn't have a um, running back because you you lost a lot of guys in the passing game. Um, Kim Butker. Yes, it's going to be it's Butler, right? Butker is the kicker for the Chiefs. That's right. That's right. It's so, Butler. It's so Butler. Butler losing and then you losing Montgomery. I think this offense might struggle a little bit. And why I'm picking them three is you need offense to win this league because even if your defense is amazing, you're still going to get a lot of points scored on you. Yeah, so my – to segue right in, my number three is also Iowa State. Um, for the reason that Jameson just said – they have maybe not across the NCAA, but within the Big 12, they have a very impressive defense. And I think you really can't speak highly enough of Matt Campbell when you look at where Iowa State was before him and where they are now and the fact that they've been consistent. It's not a flash fad. It's not, oh, they're really good these couple years because these stars that they have he has really built them up, and we'll see how they do this year, but they have progressively been getting better, and they have been really excellent at managing their expectations, but also putting forth reasonable goals and really being successful at meeting those goals and using those as building blocks. And I think that, that Iowa State is... In a position, Jameson kind of talked about this, that they haven't been where people are starting to notice and there's starting to be some more expectations on them. So it will be interesting to see how they perform. Now, I wouldn't put them in the same tier as as Texas and OU, but they're definitely a, a tier above maybe a, an upper sub-tier of the middle of the Big 12. Um, but I think that, that they are a solid three- and I think that there is more clarity in the top three of the Big 12 in terms of the preseason when we look at the teams. I think we can very um, confidently say that Ohio, or 
Not Ohio State. Well, I, we can confidently say some things about Ohio State. <laughs> uh, that their band is really good and stuff like that. Yeah. And they have a flagpole inside the stadium for whatever reason. But um, we can confidently say that future Big Ten team, uh, Iowa State, is... Uh, Mac. They're going to be a Mac team. Well, they're going to be the champions. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I think that they're a very solid three. And I think that Campbell is an excellent coach that is just going to be embarrassed in the NFL in a couple years. Um, but, yeah, I think that they're a solid three. I don't think that they're at Texas and OU's level yet, and it's because of the athletes, like I was talking about. I think that Matt Campbell is probably a better coach than Tom Herman. You could pretty much put anyone at Texas with the amount of money that they have and their ability to recruit stars even when they're absolute trash, um, and they would be able to do decent. But what impact does uh, Matt Campbell's uh, cowardice have to do with oh. Matt Campbell is a coward. <laughs> He's yet to come on this podcast and defend himself, <laughs> he, which he, is just further evidence that he is a coward. But he's a good coach. He, yeah, and I look. I, I think the thing about this to me is I look at it as Texas versus Iowa State, and I think Iowa State in that particular game. I think they're so well matched that it is going to come down to that, which helps with the whole round robin, robin system. I think that Iowa State is uniquely equipped to handle Texas, and particularly that their running game is the best thing that Ellinger does. And I think that they're going to be able to neutralize them a bit under the lights and aims. I, I just so, I have a, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and lock this in the preseason. This one random game, Iowa State beats Texas. So I that think decides I think that Iowa State has the potential to beat Texas, like Bobby just said. But I think Bobby will agree with me. If Iowa State beats Texas, it would be an upset. Yeah. Which, just by the English language, means that Iowa State is a worse team and is the, the number three. It wouldn't be an upset if they were the better team. So Iowa State is three. Bobby just admitted well, it's, it. Well, it's, Matt Campbell is a coward. Roasted. It's, a, it's an upset <laughs> by conventional men. It's an upset to put, pick a at two, I would say. Bobby has a degree. I have a below one point GPA, and I know English <laughs> better than him. So who are you really going to listen to? Kansas is going to win four games. Put your... You know, net worth on that. Okay. Um, so, yeah, let's start number two. Let's talk a little Texas. Oh, I agree, Bobby. They are at number two. What? <laughs> ah, we got it! Oh, because you guys, ladies and gentlemen, Texas. we got it. All right, so <laughs> we, we talked enough about the, the true number two Iowa State. The true and only number two Iowa State. So it wouldn't be an upset, which is just further proof that Bobby does not know anything about the English language. Moving so, on. Number personal two. attacks only. Well, gee, I wonder, what is your number two, guys? Let's, let's, uh, mine is Iowa State, because if I just outlined all the reasons. Okay. Uh, okay. Ours, <laughs> the pick, and maybe yours, is Texas, because, one, they've got, uh, no, Sooner fans don't want to hear it, but Sam Ellinger is a good quarterback. Yeah, I agree. He's a, good, he's a good quarterback, yeah. And he's going to be a good leader for them as well. And he's got a really good wide receiver to throw to in Colin Johnson. Yeah. They've got a great offensive line. They've got stars on the defense. This is going to be a really fun OU Texas this year. It's going to be Both very nerve-wracking. Every single game, OU fans go in nerve-wracked and nervous. But this game is like, it feels the closest we've been to Colt McCoy. Sam Ellinger really reminds me of Colt McCoy and how I viewed like going up against them now. I, I used to it. make jokes of Ellinger and everything, but now how he's matured and he's gotten better every single year, I, I'm honestly just as scared 
is Colt McCoy right now, when it, right now with Sam Ellinger, and I hate saying it. Now, we don't have Shipley to go against us. That's a, that's yeah, a they don't, they don't have a Shipley. Well, that, guy, that guy tortured us. Yes. A Shipley is not a good match well, because well, one of the most trash. Both no, wrong. No, against Shipley, us. Yes, against uh, us. Yeah. The, okay, Shipley, yeah. the Shipley and the McCoys beat us. Both of them. Jackson and Jordan and Case and Colt. I'll never yeah. forget that. You and I, when we, we went up there in high school and sat in the Texas section. Yeah, that was rough. One, yeah. of, the, one of the worst decisions on accident of our life. Yeah. Um, I, that's, I'm picking Texas too and I'm pretty... Um, I'm feeling pretty good about it because I can see Iowa State falling to the hype and not doing as well. Yeah. But I feel like Texas is pretty locked in it, too. Keep in mind, they did lose eight of their defensive starters, which, again, as we talked about, you know, lose experiences and everything, and they are, you know, I think they won't be. It, it, sound, they have it sounds worse than it is. classes every yeah. single year. They'll be fine. To the point where they will be completely fine. And their best defensive player is returning Caden Stearns. Yeah, Caden yeah. Stearns is great. Um, I, I think that Texas is a solid two. Um, just like Jameson alluded to, their, their talent across the board is, is tremendous. And really when you factor in um, some of their defensive talent, uh, they're potentially one of – well, they're one of the best. They're potentially the best team across the board in the Big 12. Um, in terms of just statistical talent, um, which there's some reasons why OU isn't up there, but um, yeah, I think they are a really solid two, which I am beyond happy about because, like, like the guys just talked about, it's like a Colt McCoy, and we have our we haven't had consistently, but Ellinger versus all our great quarterbacks, and, and we're going to see an Ellinger versus Hurts matchup. There's been some tremendous quarterback battles in the Red River and in the Big 12 Championship, and I, I think that this is going to be a period uh, that started a couple years ago and, and going on into the future that people are going to look back and say, this is like the Barry and Daryl period, or this is on par with Bob and Mac period, or this is on par with the Sam and Colt period of the... Uh, the Red River game. These are going to be some legendary. We've we've already lived through some legendary Red River and then Big Twelve Championship last year, uh, which I'm still a little split on how I feel about playing Texas multiple times. Not because I'm worried about it, but I think it does sort of cheapen the Red River game a little bit. Um, but it's it's an exciting time to be an Oklahoma or a Texas fan, or really even a college football fan if you really appreciate big rivalries. Like, I know I could care less about Ohio State and Michigan, but I watch that game every year. For sure. Because it's just an amazing game. Um, and you know everyone, partially because everyone just loves to hype it up and it plays on its own weekend. But, like, Army-Navy, because um, I don't have to respect the troops because I was one. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> But, um, yeah, it's, it's a tremendous game. And I've really just gone off on a tangent. Yeah, Jameson and, and Bobby and, and I earlier, we, we've said pretty much all that there is about Texas, but just listeners appreciate this time because not everyone gets a time. And I know that there have been hard times like last year where we lost Red River, but you have to appreciate these times where if you were just a sports fan in general, this is going to be looked at for all of sports history as one of those defining periods of the OU Texas saga. So appreciate it while you live it. 
Yeah. Texas being number two and being in the top ten is annoying for a petty OU fan, but is very good for OU. Yeah. And yeah. the Big 12 in general. Big 12 gets a lot of bad rap in the media. And sometimes we think about all this bad rap as just, oh, it's a bunch of unintelligent people on Twitter. But that gets in people's head. That gets in people that who are very big power yeah. that yeah. could make decisions. And it matters for recruiting, and it mm-hmm. matters for a lot of things. Yeah, and it, yeah. It's bias and bias and perception. Yeah. It's literally the only way people get in the in the conference. I, yeah. That's how people de- that's how people decide uh, strength of schedule other than the map. And that's yeah. how people go to Texas A&M and think they're getting SEC defense. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, we need to change the narrative. They have a husband winner now. And yes, yes, you're exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I mean So does Texas Tech. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> wow, those Texas Heisman winners. Um, but it's just all it is is we really need uh, Texas to be good. And we need to get the Big 12 keep on climbing up the ranks. Yeah. Overtaking Pac-12 is very um, beneficial mm-hmm. for us um, going forward because Pac-12 West Coast recruiting has been horrible. Yeah. And there's a lot, a lot of talent. Yeah. There's a lot of talent over there. The and best the transfer, the transfer portal especially opening up a lot of stuff. But uh, We've been able to yeah. scavenge a lot in California. Yeah. In modern day, we've just set up a tent there and just been yeah. bringing guys o- in. OU has carried the Big 12 for long enough this is not an, an OU homer take it's just OU has kept the Big 12 at least in the conversation and OU hasn't really improved a lot from where we've been maybe we've diminished this year we're kind of at the same level that we've always been yeah but now that there's more teams at that level when OU wins the Big 12 it, it puts more weight on that and it makes that a more meaningful win if we can win it and just across the board, it, it helps us. If you're if you're a hardcore OU fan, and you just don't really think things through, then you just want Texas to lose every game. Period. It's called fat. But if yeah, you really fatten the pig before the slaughter. Exactly. Yeah, but if you exactly. think about it, our our big you want Oklahoma State and Texas and West Virginia because those are our rivals in conference. Um, <laughs> To win and just trying to make it happen. Yeah, and in our betting pod, we bet that this would happen somehow. But yeah. you want them to win every single game they play besides OU. You you want Texas to beat LSU. Yeah, you, you want, want you want everyone to be as good as they possibly can be, so that we can you know make up some conference bias that's just absolute BS. And it, it's tough to get that though because we only have ten teams. Everyone beats beats each other up, yeah, and the records it's, it's look bad. It's cannibalistic when you have ten teams and a conference championship. Well, well, look at look at Texas last year. They went what eight and four or not not eight and four. They went. They, they had four losses, right? Yeah, they had four losses, but they weren't a four loss team. They just had a really tough non conference Wow. <laughs> they played. They played Maryland. <laughs> so they screwed, that's tough for them. <laughs> so they screwed up, lost to Maryland, uh, and then they had to play us twice. Uh, I, I'm just, I'm just saying, it, it's a tough conference to to win in, um, but but on the on the on the track of you want Texas to be good. I think from going into the Red River, you you want them to be good because if they suck, then there's no good, there's no good um, outcome. Either you beat the crap out of them and it's kind of boring, or you play them tight and it's very infuriating that we almost lost to Texas. No joy there. Yeah, it's used yeah, to or you lose to them and, yeah. it, and, you're, and you're miserable. But if it's a good game against a good Texas team where there's risks and stakes, it's, it's 
one of the best things ever if you can pull off that win. Yeah. Still sucks if you lose. Yeah. So cheer for Texas. Uh, now at number one. I want one more note on Texas real quick. Oh, no. Uh, if Jalen Hurts wins this job, Sam Ellinger will be the first <laughs> Texas quarterback to play against four different OU quarterbacks in a matchup. Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, Jalen Hurts, hopefully Radler. For, for every matchup Ellinger has played against OU, there's been a different quarterback at, at OU. Do you think he's going to play next year? Well, if he, if he comes back, that is. Assuming he comes back well, for a fourth year. He's going to win the Heisman. And go oh, to oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sam Ellinger, first-round okay. pick. Forgot okay. about that. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, OU at number one. This is what we pot about all the time. So yep. we could just talk and talk about OU. Yeah, but this is, OU. This is, this is what they do. They win Big 12 championships. And um, even though there might be a hiccup along the way, I feel very, very confident putting OU at one. I don't really think there's too much analysis to it. No, I concur. I, we're going to be beating a dead horse if we dive into to OU, and you're going to get the OU hype from us all year. Oh, yeah. And, and, and you're, this is an OU podcast. <laughs> we're so, going to preview us a lot. Yeah, we're, we are inherently biased, but I don't think that anyone, and if you look it up, like, there are not many people that would argue that a team other than OU should be the number one. There are a couple taxes here and there, but it's it's OU. The system yeah. will keep in, on rolling. Impartial, rational people. I'll, I'll say this though: uh, as far as our schedule looks, uh, what game? If you had to circle one game that could be a trip up conference wise, what would you pick? Texas. Well, not. I mean, obviously, not <laughs> talking Texas because that's not not talking Texas and not uh, talking that championship game with Iowa State. Uh, which one do you think I mean, would be the, the toughest one? You always have to be cautious of Bedlam. That's It's also in Stillwater, which is like... I don't believe in, which the, I, I it's believe, in Stillwater hype, but... It's, I, it's the no, last I believe game, the anti-hype. We always win in Stillwater. It's, it's the last game of the season, which I think we wouldn't trip up with that. I mean, to be honest, I, th- I mean, maybe a Baylor on the road. That's um, what I was kind of thinking. Uh, I... It, I, don't, I still think Baylor's still a middle-of-the-pack team, and you guys listened to what I had them in, um, in the preseason conference. But yeah. kind of Brewer's not mobile, but he can get out of the pocket and make plays. And that's where we really kind of have struggles with whenever it comes down to teams that beat us kind of unexpectedly. It's the famous OU curse of the running quarterback. And I understand it's that's just a trend that you can't go on to. But, uh, yeah. I mean, but Baylor's got the star power, and it's at Baylor, in Waco, we do not have the best track record there. I mean, you know, I, I'm telling you what, I feel pretty dang good about this schedule. I, I, well, lo- I love the way the schedule sets up. And that, that Baylor game, I've been pinpointing that. It falls in that weird kind of sleepy November period, which I, yeah. used to be championship November. I don't know if you could call it that. They'll probably hype it because, I mean, Iowa State, Baylor, TCU, OSU, hopefully that culture – pushes through, but I've seen a lot of OU teams go into that November and trip up against a that one year we lost to uh, Texas A&M, uh, lost to a couple Les Miles Oklahoma State teams, lost to Baylor against Robert Griffin. It, it, it seems like one of those spots where I think OU could be vulnerable. Uh, I think OU West Virginia right after Texas with Kendall coming back could be a trap mm-hmm. game. Again, that's This is more of a long shot trap game. Yeah, but I've seen weird Chris stuff. Robinson, Chris Robinson turned OU went really think, stellar last year. <laughs> oh yeah, I think, yeah. Uh, revenge games don't go well. Ty, what do you guys say? I think that the there's another middle of the pack Big Twelve 
mid-November game that we have to worry about, and I think it's that. I think it's that TCU game. Oh, I don't no. think it's going to happen, but I think I, I really don't think that Baylor is going to do it. I really don't think that Oklahoma State's going to do it, um, and I really think the only one that we would potentially overlook is just that. I like less than one percent chance, but I just see more of a chance in us losing to TCU than Baylor or Oklahoma State or or West Virginia. TCU so. breaks out that five quarterback set. No. Yeah, <laughs> I just <laughs> they have five darts to throw. <laughs> Those are two. And we many. have one and another one that we're trying to and keep. And there's only the one football. Uh, yeah, only but, one football. Uh, yeah, I I really don't see a lot of in conference upset potential this year for OU. I, that's saying a lot for OU. We're known to drop one here and there. A quick note on the OU versus running quarterbacks curse or myth or whatever you want to call it when you look at where that came from OU had the very unfortunate sort of circumstances to literally play some of the most legendary names in all of college football and the most legendary running quarterbacks of all time at like their peak so I think that's kind of where that came from like we were losing like we lost to Jameson and I remember that one Utah State quarterback. Chucky Keaton. I was, Chucky, just, I was yeah. just about to say I was waiting for a legendary name, Chucky Keaton, Utah State. <laughs> All-time yeah. running quarterback and, and right and there. And that's where it really stuck in because Pat White in the Fiesta Bowl destroys him and Steve yeah. Slayton. And Owen Schmidt. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. But I mean, I, I Owen Schmidt's like 70-yard touchdown. I'd group, by I group like Manziel in there. I'd group Tebow in there. Just that RG3, obviously. Yeah, obviously. Like, there's just all these super legend, like Heisman winners that we lost to. At, when you look at yeah. a lot of these quarterbacks, they're it, the legendary OU defense, but like their OU game is seen as their peak. And not Manziel, it was his Bama game, but like Tebow against OU is kind of seen as, as one of his peak games ever. And like RG3, when he beat OU for the first time that Baylor beat OU. Ellen like Grove, Texas last year. He broke, yeah, like they're they were running well, QB, they were running QB powers at Ellen The exact Grove. same play. And just yeah. destroying us. It's just saying we're going to lose to a running quarterback is more of like whenever you're saying what's your trip up game, it's a guess. You know? Like if OU yeah. plays yeah. Tua this year and he beats us, OU doesn't have a thing against like quarterbacks from Hawaii. Yeah. Like, we're just playing an all-time legendary player. Yeah, but that one time, Chucky Keaton beat us, so... Well, Chucky Keaton <laughs> did not beat us, but Chucky, Chucky was very close well, almost to beat us. Almost beat us. Almost. It so, was, and, it was, that was that, a bad year. And that's what just scared us, and that's... And, that, and that's, Was that the same year we almost lost to Air Force yes, at is. home? Yes, it is. Oh, Don't and, schedule you, service academies. <laughs> oh, you, please. A, a young Taylor Keyes was in attendance that day. Oh, man, that was tough. But other tough than one, that, tough yeah. one. I think OU number one, and this is preseason, guys. Um, if you, this is the most likely chance. You're this just, is yeah. If if you're saying OU's not number one, you're just trying to be a person who likes to go against the grain. Yeah, you're it, just trying to be edgy. Just, or okay, cool. You be, go to Texas. Be edgy, but whatever. Come on, it's stupid to not go with the statistics. But other than that, I guess that's it for that. I can do a quick little crew and corner to end out the pod. Yeah, let's um, uh, let's 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 take a quick little trip. I, I imagine it's a little, little empty empty on that corner around now, but it's been so dead. Disappointingly, because as as you guys will notice, between our last crew and corner and now, there has been the much hyped Champion Barbecue. And the Champion Barbecue is such a dud. Like like just like our spring game. I don't. 
Yeah. What is what is, so Jameson Vince have been tough. Yeah, Jameson, can you start this recruiting corner by answering one of my burning questions about OU recruiting right now? How are we doing so well, but also striking out at some of our big events, like our spring game and the results of that and our, our champion barbecue, you know, potentially there could be some developments from that, but it seems like our two biggest events that sort of everyone knows about, even people that don't follow recruiting, have come up pretty much empty, but we've still done really well with recruiting. So what's, what's up with that? Is there something there, or is that just kind of how I think we're just everything spo- has ended up this way? I think we're spoiled because the past couple spring game and champion barbecues have been crazy. Like, not like the most recent spring game, but the one before where we got Theo Weiss, RJ Henderson, back-to-back commits, and those were guys who were like top three best players in the country wide receivers at the time on Rivals. And it, we got so many, I think we got like eight commitments. And everyone thought that every single event, all these kids have to drop whatever they, they want to do and have to commit then. It's just, kids don't have to commit at these events. They're going to commit whenever they're ready. And... While we haven't gotten them from these big events, people who pay close attention to recruiting is we had a great summer. We had a great summer. We got Bryson Washington on Fourth of July was a really good get from Texas. We should be very, very excited about six foot two safety out of Houston. You don't get often many Houston guys taking them from Texas. Yeah, a defensive OU. player as well. We got to, to we got the OU. yeah the new so one of the okay the purest the pure tight end Jalen Conyers the number one tight end in the nation. Out of Groover, Texas, we just recently got in July. June and July was awesome. Which you you love to see pure tight ends at OU. Yes, and he's going to be right in that conversation with athletic, big wide receivers playing that. X, I think it's the X position or whatever. And we've got and then we got really lucky with getting Nate Anderson in May, who came in and we'd never even talked to him before. You didn't hear anything on the recruiting things. He comes in unofficial visit commits that weekend, and then rises all the way. He's number 58 right now overall in the nation as an offensive guard out of Frisco. Yeah. The problem is people who pay attention casually are not seeing as many eyeballs at the spring game and not seeing as many as the champion barbecue, but we have a great class. What's the biggest thing is losing Dante Manning was the biggest thing for OU right now, and he is one of the best cornerbacks in the nation. A lot of defensive recruits, which is 50% of recruits, want <laughs> OU to watch OU this season with a brand new defensive coordinator before hastily making a commitment yeah. beforehand. Why not wait and keep your options open when we have room? Our spots aren't closing on defense. We initially thought they were, but all the people, all the recruits realized, I'm just going to wait and see if OU's all what they're telling me that they're going to be. And if they're not, I'd rather not go to a team that had the worst pass defense in the nation. It, we, it's a big time prove it. And I think those guys that are on the fence, like a Jacoby Covington, maybe even a Dante Manning, could come back over to us once we show it. But the talking champion barbecue, the three big names that I was hoping we could see eyeballs from were Roma Dunze, who is from Bishop Gorman, the same high school out of Las Vegas that Tate Martell went to. Um, we didn't hear much from him until a little bit before the barbecue. We're kind of low on wide receiver numbers, so we were trying to go hard at him. Six foot two, good speed guy. We thought we could get a commitment coming out of it, but now it's looking more like a Washington lean after the crystal balls coming out recently. I would not be surprised to see a Washington commitment here pretty soon from him, sadly, and us coming in Texas. I mean, in second, 
But uh, I think we can still recruit him throughout the year. Second guy was Noah Renze. He's a defensive end from uh, Missouri. He's kept it really quiet in his recruitment. You really don't hear too much from him. He's not one of those guys on Twitter you hear a lot from. We need defensive line guys. He's yeah. still an OU lean. I think we'll get him. I just think we just need to be patient. Um, and I think he's kind of going to come to us during the season. And then the last one, who I think the last set of eyes is, is Jonah Monheim. He's an offensive lineman from California. We are unsure if this eye is going to come to fruition. It's a 50-50 battle between USC and OU. In all of his interviews where the insider guys talk to him, he really doesn't want to talk to anybody about his recruitment. Yeah. He's keeping it close to chest. If you did see the pictures of Champion Barbecue of all the offensive linemen with Anderson, Rame, and then Jonah was with them, and then also Noah Nelson, our third offensive lineman commit, it's pretty cool seeing those four guys together. They have a group text together. They talk. I think Monheim could commit to OU, but and we, we there is an eyeball out there, but we do not know when, and we just got to cross yeah. our fingers on that one. I just don't see a guy picking USC over OU. When he has friends yeah. and beating both. So when per, has, personally, yeah. when I look at that, I, I look at two things. One, I've talked about this in the past, is maybe he just likes to play things close to his you know chest maybe he likes to to be mysterious or misleading or whatever um but the the usc and the ou thing worries me maybe for two things and and when i look at that those those two things that concern me is maybe he looks at ou and says they have a lot of stars in this position and i really want to be the shining star maybe not just part of a constellation um and, and maybe that's why he would like USC. And the other more concerning thing, I think, is when you look at USC and just how not great they are, and then OU, it might be a lifestyle thing. He might want to go to USC. He might want to live in Southern California. Stay close might, to home. Yeah, yeah, he might want to yeah. stay close to home. He might just not find Norman, Oklahoma that interesting, yeah. uh, which yeah. is... You know, understandable. Everybody loves where they're from. Uh, everyone has a special connection to that, and in Southern California is a a fun place. So, but has he ever played campus golf in Norman? Though he's never. That is true. He's never. He's never bounced the golf ball off a statue at Norman, or yeah, he clearly can't do that our, in Southern California. One of our now three, I believe, rooftop bars. Oh, oh, Loki's getting a new rooftop, isn't it? I'm, and I'm we so have bummed. earthquakes we, here now, need, so I really yes. don't. Loki's roof rooftop's almost there. Yeah. So really, it ha- I've lived in Norman for almost a month now. It hasn't rained, and we have earthquakes. So no rain and earthquakes. It's basically Southern California down here in Norman. Yeah, so yeah. come on and play rooftops. Uh, yeah, we need to we need to review the uh, doing specific bar review for the uh, Loki's rooftop. I'm all in. I saw that they didn't have like railings on it right now. <laughs> we were like, discussing that. Place? We were yeah. actually discussing that at dinner. We can't tell if that's a fire escape or what. But whatever it is, there's going to be people that are going to be on. There will be things are going to go. There will be casualties. Uh, yeah. We will lose people. <laughs> hey, the, the, only the strong will survive. <laughs> yeah, but other than that, that's what really is going on with recruiting corner. It's kind of a dead period right now. No one's taking visits. Um, it's really quiet, and I feel like. We won't get much traction, much news until the season starts and people start taking their official visits 
to the games. Yeah. And yep. maybe you'll see more um, commitments there. I will, I will say we've got some breaking news over here. One of the best days of the year in college football. They came out with the music. ESPN just dropped the new song. It's Uh-oh. A, it's something called Let Go by Judah and the Lion. I actually listened uh, to it. Is it the one they've been playing in the commercial? It's a different one from that. So, oh, wow. Uh, yeah, no, so we're... <laughs> We're gonna listen to that on our own, but Let we'll plug. Just, we're gonna I'll plug that in. At, I'll pull it up on Snapchat. No, no, no. We'll, we'll plug it in at the end. We'll plug it in on the the, the clear version for y'all in at the end. But as far as that goes, it uh, come up. I listened to it. It is really disappointing it, that we do not. Well, have it might dragons. it might be like the year that they had the Taylor Swift song for a week, and, and then they, they got rid of it. This one, yeah. this one is kind of weird. It has like almost a like sports like little sound that they do like yeah that, that right there that you're listening to hang on you it, mean trumpets on, yeah their their trumpets really is this probably sounds terrible for the listeners at home yeah we're, we're gonna patch this in later yeah we'll just pause let yeah, go that that little trumpet sound it seems like they tried way too hard to make it sound like for a sports song but probably all in probably. all if it's not a mountain dragons i ain't trying to talk uh naturally you'll forever be in my heart we 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 will always be naturals, uh, and I will remember that for centuries. Anyways, <laughs> well, there was our end, end of one. the podcast, That's, Bobby. Jones. It's it's a pod. It's as a pod. Is tradition. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, it's got to, it's got to end on a Bobby joke. Um, before we go, anything anyone want to say before we bounce for? Uh, I don't even know when we'll be back. I we'll don't. Pro- I we'll don't think do... that this is going to be our last. Preseason pod. This might be our last uh, three wide preseason pod. Yep, everyone. So, wish uh, Jameson luck. Yeah, uh, Jameson. A couple days away from med school, buddy. You know, we're proud of you, man. Congratulations. I'm gonna miss potting. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's uh, it's gonna it's gonna be tough to fit you in if if ever. But we'll we'll see. We'll see where yeah. we can get you in. But um, yeah. So it it. it this is the, I guess, the last like official one where you're in all the time. So just honestly, yeah, thank you for everything. It's been fantastic. You know, um, I'll try to hopefully take up the mantle of Cruton Corner for the time oh, being. Man. But you'll be back. <laughs> we, no, no, this isn't. This isn't a goodbye. Goodbye from Jameson. This is just a goodbye for uh, um, the most part. Ish. I'll but, have to send in audio recordings of Cruden Corner. I can't imagine what Bobby's gonna do. It would be it would be too tough. <laughs> oh goodness! Yeah, I, it would be it would be too tough. But yeah, Jameson, he'll be around. He, he's uh, he's gonna he's gonna stick around. But Ty's your new dad now, so just I'm kidding. I'm kidding. What? That was a bad joke. <laughs> Bobby, in it, in it, in <laughs> all right, pod. You get two Bobby pods. You didn't like Anyways, you muted Blake. <laughs> I did not mute Blake. There's the the the, the Crowley. Anyways, in it. Any of the pod. <laughs> Thank y'all so much for listening. Hit us up with the five star reviews. Subscribe. We got a lot of great college football content coming for you throughout the season. So, uh, yeah, we're available on wherever you can find your podcast uh, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Music, all of that stuff. So, please hit that subscribe. We love to see that. It helps us grow. So, thank y'all so much. And uh, we got a whole lot of stuff coming. Both on the pod, the the blog's starting back up again. Um, I'm sure Ty will have some some pod or blogs coming up too. Yeah, so. it's gonna be good. I am attempting comp one for the third time, so if I pass, <laughs> hopefully my writing will improve. Yeah. So, anyways, for me, Jameson and Ty, this has been the Schooner Pod. Thank you so much for listening, and Boomer Sooner.